Hey friends, welcome back to the Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host for this podcast, and I want to thank you for joining with me for this week's message. Today we are beginning a four-week series for the season of Advent on the music of Christmas. We're going to be looking at some of the songs we typically sing at this time of year, what the story behind the song is, what the message of the song is, and what it means for us today as we seek to grow in our faith in Jesus Christ. Today we are talking about Handel's Messiah. I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message on the Messiah. One of the classic Christmas musical compositions is Messiah, written by George Frederick Handel. Handel was born in Halle, Germany in 1685. In 1712, when he was 27 years old, he took up permanent residence in London and became a naturalized British citizen. By 1741, when he was 57 years old, he had accumulated many honors, including a pension from the court of King George II, the office of composer of music for the Chapel Royal, and most unusually for a living person, a statue erected in his honor in the Vauxhall Gardens. With a large and varied musical output, Handel was a vigorous champion of Italian opera, which he had introduced to London in 1711. He subsequently wrote and presented more than 40 such operas in London's theater. But by the early 1730s, public taste for Italian opera had begun to fade. With box office receipts falling, Handel's productions were increasingly reliant on private subsidies from the nobility. Such funding became harder to obtain after the launch of a rival company in 1730. Handel was able to overcome this challenge, but he had to spend large sums of his own money to do so. With the public's taste of Italian opera declining, Handel began to write some English-language oratorios. His first composition was the Old Testament story of Esther. Members of the royal family attended its premiere in May of 1732. The success of the show encouraged him to write two more oratorios on Deborah and Athalia, which were performed before large and appreciative audiences in Oxford the following year. Handel had become a favorite in the king's court, but he could also be his own worst enemy. His explosive temper made him enemies in high places. 
During one rehearsal, he dragged an actress to a second-story window and threatened to toss her out of it. It wasn't long before the tabloids churned out stories about this bad-tempered German glutton with the crude accent. He became persona non grata at the royal court. After losing a fortune in the opera business, Handel was reduced to living in a small flat above a shop. Then he suffered a stroke, <clears throat> which blurred his vision and left him unable to play the keyboard or lead an orchestra. But then in July of 1741, Handel's friend and lyricist, Charles Jennings, sent him a new libretto for an oratorio. In a letter he wrote to a friend on July 10th, Jennings wrote, I hope Handel will lay out his whole genius and skill upon it, that the composition may excel all his former compositions as the subject excels every other subject. The subject is Messiah. In a time of rising secularism and humanism in England, Jennings was a member of the Society for the Propagation of the Gospel and a passionate evangelical Christian believer. <clears throat> he believed that putting the gospel to music would communicate its truth, not just intellectually, but also at a deep heart level. This libretto was made up entirely of Old and New Testament texts, combined to present the entire Christian message in a single piece. For 18 months, the libretto sat on Handel's shelf gathering dust, until one day he took it down, dusted it off, and in three intense weeks shut up in his flat on Brook Street, composed the oratorio that made the words come alive. He barely ate or slept. He was completely engulfed in the creation of this music, and he wasn't alone. When he got to the Hallelujah Chorus, his assistant found him in tears, saying, I think I did see heaven open and the very face of God. The Messiah captures the deep emotion of the story of our redemption. The Messiah is a Hebrew word which means the anointed one. In the Greek, it's translated as Christ. Messiah is composed in three parts. Handel used the King James Version of the Bible, which was the most popular translation of that time, along with the 1662 Book of Common Prayer. In part one, the Messiah's coming and the virgin birth are predicted by the Old Testament prophets. <clears throat> part one includes the text of Psalm 40, 1 through 5. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, 
out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. Handel quoted from Isaiah 9, verses 2 and 6. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. And they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Handel's Messiah also quotes from Luke 2, 8 through 14. There were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Part two of the Messiah covers Christ's passion, death, and resurrection. It covers the first spreading of the gospel through the world and a definitive statement of the glory of God. This section includes the prophecy of Jesus from Isaiah 53. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Part two contains the famous Hallelujah Chorus. Revelation 19.6 says, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth, King of kings 
and Lord of Lords, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Revelation 11:15 says, and he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Part three of Handel's Messiah begins with the promise of redemption followed by the prediction of the day of judgment, the resurrection, and ending with the final victory over sin and death and the acclamation of Christ. For the benefit of his audiences, Charles Jennings printed and issued a pamphlet explaining the reasons for his choices of scriptural selections. <clears throat> Part three includes Job 19, 25 and 26. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. It includes 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 57. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the choruses in part three sings Revelation 5, 12 to 14. Worthy is the lamb that was slain and hath redeemed us to God by his blood to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Blessing and honor glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> when Handel wrote to Messiah, he had creditors pursuing him to pay off his debts that he was unable to pay. So he took his new composition and fled to Dublin, Ireland. He found some backers to pay for its production and unveiled it at a benefit concert. He chose as a principal singer an actress who had fled to Ireland after a scandalous divorce. Her performance would restore her reputation and she would go on from there to become England's most famous star of the stage. 
Handel and the Messiah helped to resurrect her career. The original performances were benefit concerts. The proceeds went to release debtors who were in prison, the Mercer's Hospital, and the charitable infirmary. In its report, the Dublin Newsletter newspaper described the oratorio as far surpassing anything of that nature which has been performed in this or any other kingdom. 700 people attended the premiere on April the 13th so that the largest possible audience could be admitted to the concert, gentlemen were requested to remove their swords and ladies were asked not to wear hoops in their dresses. The performance earned unanimous appraise from the assembled press. Words are wanting to express the exquisite delight it afforded to the admiring and crowded audience. The performance netted around 400 pounds. 127 pounds were given to each of the three charities, and 142 debtors were released from prison. But the warm reception accorded to Handel's Messiah in Dublin was not repeated in London. Handel introduced Messiah at the Covenant Garden Theater on March 23, 1741. The first performance was overshadowed by views expressed in the press that the work's subject matter was too exalted to be performed in a theater, particularly by secular singer-actresses. It opened with mixed reviews. After John Wesley attended an early performance, he said there were some parts that were affecting, but I doubt that it has any staying power. But tradition has it that when King George went to hear Handel's Messiah, he was so moved by the performance that he stood up during the Hallelujah Chorus. When the audience noticed that he was standing, everyone else stood up as well. That tradition has carried on to today. Whenever the performance gets to the Hallelujah Chorus, people still stand in appreciation of the message of the text and the beauty of the music. King of kings and Lord of lords. King of kings and Lord of lords. And he shall reign forever and ever. And he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. In spite of what some of its early critics had to say, Handel's Messiah has endured as one of history's greatest works. Throughout the rest of the 1700s, performances of his Messiah was presented 
in Florence, Hamburg, Munich, Berlin, and New York. Today, Messiah is the best known of all of Handel's works. Because of the money earned from Messiah, George Frederick Handel was directly responsible for saving the lives of over 25,000 children. Over one million people have seen Messiah at New York's Carnegie Hall. Over five million people have seen it at the Royal Albert Hall in London. One version of it on YouTube was viewed by over 8 million people, while many other versions on YouTube were viewed by over 2 to 3 million people each. People all over the world perform it every year. It has become the most celebrated piece of choral music ever written. It has been sung more often and heard by more people than any other single piece of music in the last 300 years. Handel's Messiah has become an enduring classic because of the beauty of the music and the clarity of the gospel message. With any amazing piece of music, there's always the danger that people will only pay attention to the elegance of the music and miss the importance of the message. But it also affords the opportunity every year at Christmas for people to hear the gospel in very secular settings that might not otherwise hear it. The message of Handel's Messiah is not only about the birth of Christ. Its message is about the entire life of Christ, his birth, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection. And many people who might not ever open the Bible and read it can hear the story of what Christ has done for us by listening to the words of the music. The life of Christ is the greatest story ever told. And when that story is set to a great score of music, it can help the biblical message get past the resistance in some people's minds and take the message straight to people's hearts. And as Jesus used to say, may those who have eyes see, and may those who have ears hear. Not everyone who hears the message will hear the message, but some will. The words of Handel's Messiah are all taken from Scripture. At Christmas, some people will listen to songs with Christian messages, even when they won't do that at any other time of the year. We know that the Holy Spirit works in people's lives through the words of the Bible. The Holy Spirit can work in people's lives through beautiful music. And when you put inspired lyrics with inspired music, you can't tell what kind of impact that inspired combination might have on those who hear it. 
Messiah not only tells the story of Christmas, it also tells the story of the whole life of Christ. It tells the story of salvation. It comforts us when we hear it. It helps us praise God, and it gives us hope for the future. The most listened to song of the last 300 years is a Christian song. And when our hearts and minds are open to receiving it and understanding it, God can use it to inspire us to believe in Jesus and live for him today. We know today what Handel knew 300 years ago, that Jesus is the Messiah. God bless. Stay safe. See you next time.